Hello, my name is David Vardabedian. Thanks so much for tuning in to Get Real Sobriety. Hope you enjoy. I'm here tonight with uh, Michelle Davis. What a beautiful night, huh? We just got out of a meeting. Yeah. It was really good. I liked, I mean, that was a really good topic. Perception. Yeah, I, I, a lot of people don't, you know, it's like, well, how, what got you here or something? Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> I mean, and a bunch of war stories. I don't like that. I mean, it's not that I don't like it. I just think it's always good. To, but I just thought that was great, you know, because it is about change and perception, you know? So much of life is perception. Uh, yeah. So let me read a bio, and I'm reading again, so that's why it's going to sound a little stilted. Hello. Here's Michelle's bio. Michelle Davis is the owner and CEO of Personalized Recovery, working as a counselor and a nurse. Wow. In the field of addiction for several years, she's noticed a need for high level of care, a higher level of care. Michelle provides a safe and confidential medical supervised one-on-one detox with an emphasis on body, mind, and spirit. Many of her clients are professionals in the in their community and prefer the convenience of a confidential and specialized detox program. She has been working in the field of recovery for over two decades and facilitates a comfortable environment with personalized aftercare and aftercare treatment. She is a licensed nurse, ADC counselors, integrative recovery facilitator, organic chef, and restorative yoga teacher. She is a pas- she is passionate about helping people find recovery and motivating individuals towards healthy lifestyle changes. That's so awesome. That's a lot. <laughs> I like the organic chef part. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like it all. I mean, I think about that, and I love what you do, and you've helped so many people. Is that, you know, I mean, I've detoxed a lot of not really comfortable <laughs> places, you know, especially like the county jail or something. I could never get clean like on the streets, you know. Oh I mean, yeah. That yeah. was just my thing, you know. It always took going to jail or going to a rehab. Um, but, I, you know, what you do is I was like, wow, that's just so cool. And so, I don't know, tell us a little bit about, you know, how, how you do it, what you do. and You know, uh, being a woman in recovery, identify like that in a situation like this. If I'm in a meeting, I identify as an alcoholic. and right. a meeting, I'm an addict. Right. You know, in general, life, life in general, I'm a woman in recovery. And um, I saw, you know, I started, I started working uh, early on. I, I went to school, you know, become a drug and alcohol counselor and then went on to become a nurse and worked in the field for, for a long time. I worked at Cottage Hospital for over 10 years and then worked at CRC, their 28-day program. And at Cottage, were you, were you working in treatment? Yes, or psychiatric or chemical a, dependency. A nurse? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah like as on a nurse. Like 5 East or as something? As a nurse, yeah. And 5 East is just for people that don't know. It's 5 East is the detox yeah it's 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 half psychiatric and it's half detox and it's a lockdown facility um and uh you know it's 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 probably you know it's been around the longest it's been around the longest here in santa barbara and uh you know the woman at the time who hired me darcy keep she's one of my mentors she's amazing what's her name darcy keep okay she's yeah. still there or no? she I, I believe that she is she manages now she doesn't she's not she's not in in charge of the department anymore but she she took craig park's position where she runs oh the yeah whole. i knew craig really well yeah yeah. Okay. yeah yeah but she was she just was amazing and very supportive while i was going to school i worked there how long did you work tech. there 10 years 10 years wow yeah and then I worked at CRC for like a year and a half. And, you know, during that and process. And CRC for the listeners, Cottage Rehabilitation. Yeah, that's a 20, that's where, like, say you went through a detox at CRC. It's like the Betty Ford Center. <laughs> <laughs> then you have the option of going to a 28-day, uh, which is in, in conjunction with, with uh, Cottage Hospital. Right. So they've been around for a long time. But I saw a need for something more personalized and more individualized. Because, mm-hmm. you know, in hospitals and most rehabs, they have a protocol where everybody's on the same thing. You know, and I just saw something like people needed something like to me, it's like we're all individuals, you know, and all of us are different, you know, and going through my own experiences of how painful a detox can be, what might work for one person might not work for the next, 
you know, and um, and it's a higher level of confidentiality what I do. So it's it's a good option in lieu of a rehab for somebody that say is a professional in their community, and even though there's HIPAA regulations, somebody might need something a little more. Right, personal. and people that are high profile too, right? Exactly, and I've worked with very like a lot of high profile individuals, but you will right. never get a name out of me because right. <laughs> anonymity and confidentiality yeah. are very important. And to this me. isn't TMZ. <laughs> <laughs> you will not get a name out of me, right. Dave. Um, but but also. Also, you know, um, I really, I, I, I love being with people when they're at that state where they're vulnerable and making them feel safe. Right. You know, there's a certain, there's a certain level of, of compassion when you're there with somebody. It's almost like you're going through a war with them. Right. You know, and one of the beautiful things I get to witness when I'm working with an addict or an alcoholic is that usually on day three or four, people's eyes actually change. There is like a right. spiritual awakening that happens because it's like you're removing 10 inches of glass yeah. from their side of vision. Well, and I read you know? that what keeps 90% of alcoholics and addicts or more even addicts out of treatment is fear of detox. Yes. So when you make that a little more comfortable or a little more like... Hey, you know we've got your we've got your back here. You know we're it's you don't yeah. have to do this alone and that. So I want to know who's you know you don't have to name names, but who's the biggest baby? Like alcoholics. <laughs> I know I'm a fucking I'm like I could I could win an Academy Award for like, you know I'm a heroin addict. I'm in the most pain. I need drugs. Men. Men. Just men. No, oh, I'm kidding. No, I'm it's true. Right? No. Um. Because women just can like you. you know sustain more pain. Well, well what's like, kind of like like just to change the topic a little bit? Right. I, I want to kind of hit on exactly like so the listeners know what I do. I, I do a lot of going into people's homes so they can detox comfortably in their own homes. Right. And I'm very good at finding where people hide stuff because I'm. Oh, in so you go you can go in oh, their yeah. homes so they don't have yeah, to come. Yeah, so they to have you. the option. Oh, wow. So they that's have the awesome. option. And right. say you've got someone who's a business person. Right. That doesn't that can't do a 30 day. Right. inpatient thing and right. they need like a they need like a, a seven to 14 day usually you know seven days is kind of you know people right. ask me how long is the detox going to be and i always answer the same thing as i say that's like asking me how long is a piece of string <laughs> exactly. you know because right. <laughs> everybody's different right. but i work with concierge doctors or i'll work with if they have a primary physician with their primary physician mm -hmm. and uh, i do a lot of different holistic things as well and so here's here's what's really important to me I use medications when I'm detoxing someone to keep them safe. Right. But when they're done with me, they're off the medications. That's amazing. Because yes, most people like leave it's CRC. Called a detox for right. a reason. But when you leave CRC, or I remember Pinecrest back in the 80s and 90s, as people, and when I was a manager at Newhouse, they would walk down the alley with fucking 10 prescriptions for different things. And like, I don't yeah. know if I'm, I'm depressed or I don't know. And I mean, again, I'm not a doctor, so I can't well, like. Well, I'm not a doctor either, but I will say You're a this. nurse. I'm a nurse and I work right. with doctors. Um, I've, I've, I've actually been fortunate enough to, to work with a guy that was a little bit like Dr. Drew. Right. You know, he was an addiction specialist and oh, psychiatrist. Wow. And um, he was here in town. Yeah. And I'm not going to mention his name. Okay. Um, but um, but he was amazing. And he understood that unless you have a pre-existing mental health, you know, issue, you know, your dual diagnosis, that it usually is going to take about 90 days to find a baseline right. where somebody is as far as like the depression, the anxiety oh, and see. everything. So he's not quick to throw a label on 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 somebody. Now, the problem is, is that. I think a, a lot of psychiatrists, not to, you know, once again, I'm not a doctor, but all addicts and alcoholics are going to present with, like, anxiety, depression, right, ADD, right, bipolar right. in the first 90 oh, days. Oh, so this guy's saying wait 90 days. Yes, right. and, and I learned a lot from him, and that's that's a big part of my story is I've been like right. a little sponge, and I've, I've just been so lucky to have these great mentors in my life that have taught me a lot, and, and, um, and I'm always willing to learn, and, you know, my best teachers are the people I work with as well. Right. No, I know. Yeah. Yeah, and mostly what I do is a lot of alcohol detoxes, right. okay? So you don't, so the opioid, you know, because there's an opioid well, crisis. I do, like, I do know. the opioid, uh, I do, I, it's But half, that's not the majority of your stuff. No, though. but I will say this, I do half uh, opiate detoxes and then the other half is Suboxone detoxes. Oh, right, right. Because, yeah. yeah, and we could get, that's a whole nother show, Dave. No, I know, but I told one, you about yeah. my friend that tried to get off Suboxone, it was really hard, and again, we are going to have another show on Suboxone <laughs> with Bob Forrest, maybe. The, the guy oh, that was yeah, with like Dr. Him. Yeah, he was a really yeah, cool punk rocker, guy. right? I just watched his documentary. And then I've got a guy, Ben Green, that was, um, he, he was going through this whole research. He was hired to do this research project. But my friend that was on Suboxone got back on heroin 
to get off Suboxone. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, it, you know, it's a subtle foe. I mean, it, you know, and again, that's a whole nother topic. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm from the school of methadone from the, se- you know, is it methadone or methadose? Meth- methadone. Methadone or don't. Potato, right. potato. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but so I, the, I never tested clean on methadone and they didn't care really. I mean, I didn't get take-homes. Like back then they would give you take-homes. Like you'd mm-hmm. bring your little, and I would see these guys, these truckers come up and they would walk into the methadone clinic and they were on like long distance truckers or whatever. And they'd get like, it was like a little like uh, fishing like box or whatever. I don't even know what I'm talking about, but they would put their doses in there, but you had to test clean for a certain amount of time to get take-homes. They would give you take-home. I never could do that because my tests would come back dirty with Coke or Valium or whatever it was and heroin. And then they would up your dose. That was the reward for having a, a dirty test. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it, again, we we're talking about Suboxone, but going back to it, I, they didn't have Suboxone when I was, right? You know, the, you can call it crime reduction um, in some sense, I guess. Harm but, reduction, right? Yeah, or crime reduction, oh, harm crime reduction, reduction, however right. you want to say it. Right. I mean, you know, being a medical professional, um, I have to say there are instances, like say you have a 60, 70-year-old person that suffers from chronic pain management and Suboxone, because it's so long-acting a- and it adheres to the receptors of your brain, it has, you know, a right. longer half-life than opiates do, then that would be a reason. But the problem is that giving it to these young kids and then, you know, it does get you loaded. I know right. this because I, I, you well, know. You can see it in their eyes. I yeah, mean, it's, they're on something. Yeah, right? and it is similar to methadone in the sense that right. it has a delayed withdrawal. So the person taking it, say they took their last dose, might not even go into withdrawal until 24 to 48 hours after oh, their last dose. Dangerous. And then it adheres to receptors longer. So their detox can be anywhere from 10 10 days to over 14 days Wow. you know but i know secret stuff to help people get through that you know and um a lot of a lot of it has to do you know as we know a lot of it is perception like we're just talking about about in our heads and i'm all about positive distraction and you do other stuff too i mean it's not just getting deep i mean you have like you say it's a holistic approach i'm very big into wellness i'm very very big into working with individuals while you know when i'm with them hitting on what they're passionate about what were you passionate about before this took over your life Mm -hmm. what can we revisit because we need to substitute that you know with with this lifestyle you've been living and then also getting down to like one of the most common things is it really comes down to most addicts and alcoholics have this shame a lot of shame and they don't want to feel, yeah. you know, it's a form of escape. And, you know, we are in an opiate crisis. And I believe the newest statistic is we lose 50 Americans a day like, yeah, to like opiate 90, prescription yeah, drugs. I, yeah, yeah, no, I no, it's like, pretty high. It's, it's pretty not, high. I mean, that's and so um, the reaching outside of yourself for a quick fix, you know, it's it's just not working anymore. And right. it's a, a lot to do with big pharma. And But there's other <coughs> ways, mm-hmm. you know, to deal with these things. And as you know, because you meditate, yeah. you know, there's that, there's that med- there's the meditation, there's, there's wellness, there's eating right, there's the supplements, right. you know, and the spirituality of everything. That's on my website, it talks about integrative medicine. And, and what is your website, just so I just thought of It's that. personalizedrecovery.com. Yeah. Now go back to the passion thing. And you then know. there's AA and NA. I want to make that you know in smart recovery. There's oh, many yeah, paths yeah, up yeah, and yeah. down. But so I know one passion. thing that my addiction took away from me. I mean, I was a passionate surfer growing up. Heroin took that. Right. I you know I was loosely in the music industry for a long time, and then I you know I love music. I love playing music. I love singing, and that went away because of my yeah. heroin addiction. Yeah. You know, and so what you know, coming back and, and getting clean and, 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 and being sober and working a program, those things came back, you know? I mean, yeah. I was older, obviously, but, yeah, I still play music. I'm a stupid classic rock man. I don't want to say stupid, <laughs> a fun classic rock it's man, fun. right? Yeah. Um, you know, and some, it, this is funny, um, some people, you know, aspire to play at, like, Madison Square Garden or the Forum. Yesterday I played at the Lompoc Flower Festival. That's awesome. You're getting to play, right? I got to play. I don't <laughs> think there was any, there was a few drunk people out there. It's really fun. I was a guest star, guest singer in another band, so it was fun. Yeah. 
But so is that what you mean about passion? It's like yes. you ask them like what they love to do before, you know. Yeah, and, and sadly sometimes I get I get an answer from say someone um, like a a sixty five year old man who's also a workaholic. Oh right. And he's been functioning on some level and he's like, All I've done is drink and work. Right. You know, and I'm like, Okay, all right, so we're gonna discover, you know, what your interests are. And so we have to dig a little deeper. Yeah. You know, and as I'm going through the process, you know, I put together a treatment plan for them, but I'm big on aftercare. And so, you know, I get people detox and then I put together the aftercare, but I always tell them, you know, look, you know, if you follow this aftercare program and then I also, uh, whether it's like sober living or whatever it may yeah. be, I'm like, your chances of staying sober are, are going to be greatly, But greatly you introduce like uh, meditation to them during oh, yeah. this like seven day or 14 sure. day or three sure. day or whatever sure getting outside and just getting people walking and getting back into nature right. i mean there's so many different things there's also the other uh, things like neurofeedback you know oh, right. um there's so many there's so many different outlets out there now you know and acupuncture and massage and and there's a lot of different you know i want to help people get back in their bodies so they just don't you don't stay in their house you kind of go out to different like an acupuncturist or yeah, I can bring I can bring the acupuncturist to them as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, it if just they depends. They don't want to go out at all. No, it just depends. Right. It depends. Like every that's why it's personalized recovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I put a lot of thought into the oh, name. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, every situation is different. Mm -hmm. Every situation is different and unique. And then and plus she's a you know I've known Michelle Michelle and I have known each other. She's coming up. I don't know if she's gonna say that. Twenty years of sure. twenty years being clean and sober, um, in October. Yeah. Which is amazing. Big milestone, and I'm having my 30th birthday. She's coming too. But Michelle and I have gotten to know each other probably in the last four or five years, and I've found out that she's a fucking amazing chef. You know, I mean, yeah. she's come out to my house at the ranch and cooked, and uh, I'm like at awe because I have a few certain things that I do well cooking wise, but nothing like. And you remember, all my knives were dull. That, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. I have a big issue right. with that. So you cook for them, right? Oh, yeah. Or yeah. That's part of the deal. And, right? and to their needs, you know, like right. like with alcoholics, they're, they're, you know, depending on, you know, because I'm looking at their labs, I'm looking at all the different things. And, you know, if their liver's compromised and we got to stay away from the red meat, we got to stay away from certain things. And so I really try to do like a healthy, healthy plan for them. You know, right. what I did most of my life was being a chef. You know, right. I was fortunate I got to travel with it. And, you know, I figured out at a young age that the money was in private cooking, not working right. in a restaurant. You have right. no life working in a restaurant, but I certainly learned how to drink and yeah. work in a <laughs> restaurant. Right? But, uh, you know, I, it's 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 always fun, and I have I have vegans, I have vegetarians, I, you know, all different types of people, and, and knowing. So you'll personalize. I personalize right. the menus for them, awesome. yeah. And right. I and to me, food is a form of love, yeah, in lots of ways, you know, and um, and nourishment. You know, we all need that nourishment, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. And it's such a great place to introduce that because I know when I first got sober, I was not my diet wasn't great. You know, I was still like eating at Taco Bell and drinking Diet Pepsis and things. <laughs> now I'm a really cheap date. You know, I'm a vegan. I, I barely <laughs> drink coffee. I drink green tea. I meditate. I'm fucking boring, right? I mean, the whole thing. It's like, so. I didn't say that. Right. right? <laughs> exactly. But I know, you know, I, I mean, there was a guy in a meeting. It's just kind of silly, but he was like, well, my morning meditation is Red Bull and porn. I was like, well, keep coming back. You know, yeah. It's like, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. We try not to judge around here. We try to just use <laughs> just, acceptance. As and, long as you're not drinking, using, just keep coming back. Right. And, and it will change. But so, I mean, the question is, is like when someone comes in and they're like, well, yeah, I haven't been eating, you know, usually addicts and alcoholics have been doing everything wrong, you know, like from nutrition to, you know, behaviors, all of that, you know. So yeah. are they receptive? That kind of, that's the kind of the question, and they're receptive to changing diets and things like that? Yeah, I have secret ways of making healthy food taste okay. like it's bad for you as well. Okay. I have, like, little secrets, you know, okay. um, of, of making things that are, that are good for you. Like, I can cook a vegetarian meal for somebody, and they wouldn't even know because I don't say it. Right, right. I don't say it. You know, I'm just making it taste good. You yeah. know, there's so many different things you can do without without using a lot of trans fats. And, and um, I have to say, you know, I grew up in Ojai, 
And, hippie uh, town. I joke about this. I was right. raised by no, uh, naked hippies, but I, right. but I really was. That's why it's funny. <laughs> right. But we had a garden and, you know, right. oranges and avocados. Right. And, and my mom was mostly a vegetarian. And then my dad and I would go. So I ate a lot of trout. And, right. you know, everything was just out of the earth. So and awesome. so eating healthy has always been easy for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was no soda in the house. So I've never liked soda. Oh, wow. Although I do love my coffee. Yeah. And I'm not ready to give that up. I know. But, uh, well, I still got to just start drinking coffee again after I got rid of Hep C, you know. So, but that's it's so great that it's it's all an introduction, you know, to go yeah. through your you know your process and and then I know at the other the other place up on the hill, like you had a jacuzzi and they could do that. I, you don't have that in your no, place. No, no, no. So, so so hot bath. Put put a chair in no, the shower. No, I have. Right? <laughs> I do have a I have a great place in Santa Barbara where I can detox people as well. I do work one on one with people. Right. So it's a one-on-one yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. But I do bring in sober companions. I, I have this guy that does this incredible breath work. Um, I recently had my first marijuana detox. Oh, wow. You know, but it was more of a, a trauma situation, and I brought in the specialist that does this intense breath work, Robert. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it was amazing, the breakthroughs that we were able to make with this kid in like, in like 10 days. Well, that was last week's podcast was transformational breath work. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's gotten really popular. You should have him on your show because yeah. he's, 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 he's really good at what he does. And, um, and so, you know, I'm always trying to find the right fit for people. That's the fun part. You yeah. know, interesting enough, like I, I took everything I'm passionate about and put it into a business. Now I want to help people find what they're passionate about so that they can love living their life. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I just, you know, was saying, you know, we didn't, we didn't get sober to be miserable. Right, exactly. And, and uh, I love having the youngsters because I love to show them how much fun they can have without it. What happens if someone, what about like nicotine, like they come in smoking cigarettes, you make them not smoke? No. Okay, no, good. no, they can smoke outside. Right. They can smoke outside. You know, that was one of the things at, at uh, Cottage Hospital is that they couldn't smoke there. And a lot of people left because they couldn't oh, smoke. Right, I mean, yeah. it's too much all at once. I mean, yes, yeah, smoking's bad. But it's it's just one thing at a time. Yeah. You got to slow it down and let's just do one thing at a time. No, I smoked almost this. the first 10 years of my sobriety. You know, I, it's almost, well, so I quit. Yeah, it's been 19 years since I haven't smoked. And I smoked like a train. You know, I was smoking like two packs of camels a day. <laughs> I love fucking smoking cigarettes. I still, if. Do you still crave it? I, it it's not that I crave it, but. I, you know, out of everything, like, I don't think, like, oh, I, you know, I want to, you know, draw the needle back and see the brown juice oh. in there and, you know, feel it going into my arm. It's okay, <laughs> now it's a bunch of people just went. <laughs> thanks, thanks for triggering the audience, Yeah, and I Dave. just triggered everybody. So, um, but yeah. I still <laughs> fucking think about smoking a cigarette every once in a while. So, I mean, that's why I asked, because even I, I was going to go to this 10-day silent retreat, and this is why I was still smoking. Shabasana. And they're like, yeah. um, I go, so are there smoke breaks? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, you can't smoke here, you ding dong, right? I was like, oh, really? Well, I don't want to go to that. <laughs> but so now I'm not smoking, so I have to do the I'm a smoker as well, and right. I've always been one of those people that could go like and run like three or five miles, yeah, and then I'd be like, mean. I can't wait to get done running so I can smoke. And right. I got to tell you, I've worked with some professional athletes, and you'd be shocked at how oh, many yeah. like, like at the top of their game, game. athletes smoke. like smoke here right. and there, right. but they don't smoke like we did. Yeah. You know, they don't smoke, they, they aren't, you know. Oh, like chain smoker. Well, I smoke well, 40 I cigarettes I, a day. That's I, a lot. I don't think or I ever a pack s- a day. But since I was 13, like Marlboro Reds, and then it was like Camel, and then after the prison thing, and everyone's got to smoke Camels to be cool, right? So that's what I did, smoke straight Camels. But I would do that. I'd go when, we're, we're at the Alano Club, recording from the Alano Club, and there used to be Santa Barbara Gym and Fitness behind here back mm-hmm. in the days, in the late 80s and 90s, and... I would ride the treadmill or the stairmaster, whatever, for 40 minutes and go outside and smoke. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. But that's what, the, what that's I'm what saying is that's do. part of the process. That's what right? they do. Right. But it makes total sense to me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. but to, to somebody who doesn't have that kind of thinking, oh it's probably God. like harder to understand right. like, like that kind of thinking. And, and it's, it's okay. It's okay. Well, and I know it like, you know, I've worked at like, you know, inpatient treatment programs, I've worked at outpatient treatment programs. And so now, you know, and I did this at the jail. I introduced yoga and I introduced meditation back then, you know, what, 96. But does that something, like, is someone ready to do yoga, like, in the first week um, or so? Because you do restorative yoga. The restorative yoga, um, 
you know, the Buddhists have a saying, turning the poison into medicine. Mm. I love that saying. Yeah. And that's kind of what I feel like a big part of my life has been. And how I became a yoga teacher is I was thrown off a horse and a series of events. Right. And I, like that I, I like to do the self-talk with me. I, I kind of make a joke. I have a 12-year-old boy that lives inside of me. He's all, don't be, you know, could be in a sissy. Zip up <laughs> right. your skirt, but get back on the horse for two hours. And I really did a number on my back. Right. I had two bulging discs. And um, I went to this woman, her name's Sherry Clampert. She works at the yoga center. If you ever get a chance to take her class, she's an angel. And she put her hands on me and she taught me like how to breathe into my body and how to get very visual and mindful about what was going on in my body. Right. And, and it worked. Wow. And I started to heal myself. So no surgeries. No surgeries, wow. no. And, and because it worked, I became... I decided, you know what, I'm going to get licensed in this because this is amazing. Wow. And then Darcy Keep, who I was mentioning earlier, let me bring it up to Five East. Oh, wow. So I brought the yoga, the restorative yoga up there. And when was that, like 15 years ago? Uh, this is a, probably about, let's see, my business perspective, probably about 10 years ago. And I'm not trying to toot my horn, but yeah. I, brought, I, I got to bring yoga up to Five right. East and it's still there. So toot I your love, horn. I love, <laughs> beep, beep. Yeah. I love that um, we're in Western medicine, we are starting to lean towards these other alternatives you know that are beneficial and it's not just about medication less medication more meditation more right. breathing into the body right. and what's fascinating about it is that it wasn't just beneficial to the detox patients and people with pain management the psych patients were benefiting from it so, the so are you doing restorative yoga with like these people detoxing? Yes, them? when when they're open to it. Oh, when they're open to it. See, I this is the this is the key, and you know this one. Mm -hmm. We can't tell an addict or an alcoholic right. what to do. We don't start bossing them because once you start doing that, right. you know, I do so I do selective suggestions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then sometimes I I do oh it's sound horrible positive manipulation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just you know why don't we try this? Let's let's try this over here. You know. And no, they used to do that in the and studio. And if it resonates, then it resonates. If right. it doesn't, it doesn't. We find something else. You know, but it's it's nothing's a big deal till you make it one. Right. You know, so I don't. I, I just try to find what. So what do you think percentage of the people are they open to any of that stuff? Oh yeah, right. Yeah, usually because you know just the sitting down, like restorative is, it's it's really. Um, kind of like Raja yoga in a way where, where it's about stopping and breathing into your body and getting in touch with your breath right. and then ha and then moving with the breath. So it's a slow, methodical way of doing yoga, which is kind of the opposite of my personality because you yeah. know me pretty uh, yeah. well. I'm a little right. bit of a tigger. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of fire going on up there. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it, the way that it, it benefits people is it helps them get back into their bodies right. and, and, and then start to feel. You know, which we will know is a difficult process yeah. with with recovery and early recovery, but it's essential. Because, because we're starting to, you know, become, oh, I don't want to say awakened, but we're awake now. There's no yeah. drugs to numb this shit anymore. No, you we know? feel everything. So everything. You know, yeah. when the guy, that old saying in AA, they said, when you sober up, you're going to feel better. And you're like, fuck, I feel like shit. And I go, yeah, but you feel it better. You feel it better. Like, yeah. what, what the fuck was that? No, I want to feel good all the time. Well, no, it's about running towards the pain, not running away from the pain. I mean, it's so... Embrace, like, embrace, and, it, and it's right? hard to do, but the, this is the thing is that you don't have to do it alone. And yeah. so much of addiction is isolation. Right. It's isolation, and it's the biggest enemy. And I really try to to connect people with other people while I'm doing this process yeah. and set them up, like put really like lay a concrete foundation for them to stand on so that they have success. Right. But it is up to them to do the work. Of course. You know, I like to use the gym analogy. Yeah. It's like if you went to the gym for 30 days and you walked in and you read the newspaper and drank a smoothie, right. you know, and then 30 days later you're like, well, how come I'm not in shape and I weigh 10 pounds more? Right. Well, it's because you didn't do any work. Right. You know, it's the same kind of deal. You got to really put the work into it, but the benefits and the rewards are. Right. And know. that's what I think. I mean, that's kind of like the premise of my book. It's like, there's no magic trick here. No. You know, it's you, you go to work. You know, if I showed up, if I got a job and then didn't show up, and then two weeks later I came to pick up my check, they'd be like, get the fuck out of here, right? I mean, I have to get a job, go to work, show up every day, do what I have to do, and then in two weeks I'll get a check. You know, yeah. or I go to the gym, I, I push a weight up, my muscles get a little bigger. It's it's just part of the deal. It's not like there's no saviors going to come and get you, you know. But the big thing is that you're not doing it alone. You know, that's the premise of this whole thing is that 
we work through it. We do the work and we get a result, you know? And just what that meeting was talking about is and then that changes the perception of the, you know, our perspective on everything. No, it does. It does. And there's been a lot of studies on that. Mm -hmm. You know, having having um, a group, like having a collective bunch of people that Power. that can relate. Yes, yeah. it's powerful. It's right. powerful. And, you know, so many addicts and alcoholics think that, that, that they're all alone and they suffer from the chronic uniqueness and all the different, right. you know, layers of shame and impending doom and everything. And once you can convince them enough to just kind of trust mm -hmm. and have faith in another human being and then... Hopefully they get to the doors of AA. I always say it's the easiest way because it's free right. and it works. Right. You know, and working the steps is like getting ten thousand dollars worth of know. you know free therapy or NA. Yeah. You know, it's 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 whatever. Or Al-Anon or whatever it is. Yeah, Al-Anon I mean? is a good is a very good. Because thing after as well. step one, you know, after you stop drinking, it's not about you know. And I remember being in that IOP that I worked. And this lady was just coming off alcohol, and I go, well, the good news, it's not about alcohol anymore. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know? <laughs> no, yes, it's about me. I can't stop drinking, and now I'm stopping drinking. But the point being is that it's, it's everything is changing. Everything is that our whole perception is changing. What we do in life, you know, how we conducted ourselves in our addiction, and now how we conduct ourselves in, in sobriety. And... And it's not all rainbows and unicorns, you know? I mean, it's, it's the program when whatever we do be, really becomes, I love the sirens in the background too. That's yeah. where the Alana, what, <laughs> someone in Al-Anon told me, they said they, we were in a meeting and I went to this Al-Anon meeting with a friend of mine and a siren went back and she goes, the Al-Anon theme song. <laughs> I was like, that was so awesome. Well, I would think it'd be more the alcoholic theme song. Right. And now Al Anon's not getting taken away. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, but they're, to a, they're to thinking, a, oh my God, there it goes one more time. But, yeah. you know, starting to, you know, just wake up and going through that process. So your, so I sign up for your personalized recovery you see everything you see the labs you see what kind of medications well, you know first things first someone has to be the right fit right someone has to be the you right don't fit. take everyone obviously. no right. um if somebody's you know this is the thing is that uh, you know a lot of people think they can do what I, I would not say that it's a very smart thing to do what i do unless you have some medical background and you know what you're doing because yeah. someone can code on you and it is very serious and you're dealing with people's lives right you know, I like to meet with the person up front. I ask people a series of questions on the phone. Wait, code. So tell me what that is. What's that? When you said someone could code on you. Oh, they could. Uh, like code red? Yeah. What is code red? Like, like, like flopping? <laughs> right? Like seizure? <laughs> Wait. No, they 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 go to see it at the present. They 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 die. You know, oh, you better know CPR. That. Yeah. You better have an AED yeah, machine yeah. on. <laughs> you better know what you're doing. You know, because somebody could die. Like have a seizure and die. Yes. Do you have like correct. that equipment, like paddles? I have or Narcan. Stuff. I have all of it. Do you have yeah. paddles, like to like shock someone's heart? They're not paddles. They're more like these like <laughs> little stick-on things you put on. Oh, but, awesome. Yeah, I don't have the paddles. I'm I, thinking like, yeah, what about the thing in Pulp Fiction? Like he sticks a big needle. Was that bullshit, or does anyone do that? <laughs> I've ne I've OD'd a few times and we have Narcan now okay. that you can use up the nose and that was adrenaline, wasn't it? Yeah, it was and adrenaline. Did you love yeah. Pulp Fiction? That scene. I've seen that movie so, so many, many times. times. <laughs> Going back, the labs. It, it no okay. one's uh, you know everyone's not a fit. Let you, me break it down right. to you, Dave. Okay, perfect. Okay. Thank you. So somebody has to be um, medically suitable for what I do. Right. So so that that goes without saying. Like I've met with people before and I'm looking at them and and I'm. People don't know I'm doing a head-to-toe assessment on them when I'm looking at them. I'm looking at the color of their skin. I'm looking at their, you know, do they have ascites, you know, right. like are they shaking, you know. If they look like they're going south, I take them right to the emergency room. Right. I don't mess around with people's lives. They have to be medically cleared. Um, say, for instance, I have someone on the phone and they have a history of, of suicidal ideation. They've been to a bunch of um, psych units for prior, prior suicide attempts. They're a cutter. They have an eating disorder. Some, you know, so how do you know that? Do you get their file? Or I know something? how to ask questions okay, and ask the good. same question over right. and over again in a different format till I get the answer I'm looking for. Right. Yeah. And uh, so they have to be the right fit. They have to be the right fit right. because, you know, somebody, but, but I will take the time to find the help that the person needs. I don't just hang up on people. Yeah. This is the thing about when, you know, you're a person in recovery, you know, it's called integrity. It's accountability, you know. Um, 
I work with some amazing people. Kurt Garby is somebody I refer people to yeah, a yeah, lot. He's Kurt, very, yeah. very good at um, helping me find the right fit for people. Right. If somebody, and he knows every place in oh, the world. Oh, he's such a nice man. I, mean, I love that man. Yeah. I mean, he really is. And and he's helped me a lot, you know. And I get a lot of calls with people that have Medi-Cal or Medicare. I have a number that they can call. Wow. I have I have a website they can go to. You know, I, I don't just dump people. I want them to get sober, say they're not the right fit for me. You know, I don't take insurance, and so if they're right. looking for someone, a place that takes insurance, I'm going to find the right fit. Now, if they got a bunch of different things going on, I usually will, like, like say they have a dual diagnosis with an eating disorder, self-harm. I say, there's a place called The Meadows, which is phenomenal and has a high success rate. They even is deal that, with porn that's addiction. That's a dual, dual diagnosis. Yeah, they deal thing. a lot with porn addiction, and, and oh, which wow. is an up-and-coming thing, the which Meadows, is a serious where is thing. The Meadows, I believe, is, um, I think it's in Arizona. You, know, you got me on the spot here. I'd have right, to look yeah, it up. I no. believe it's in Arizona. But they can Google yeah. that. Right. Yeah, yeah. And um, I believe... Well, yeah, that's interesting. So you don't, you know, you, it, it's really like, dude, it, you, you shouldn't come here because this isn't... Uh, well, great. I don't talk to people that way. Well, no, I mean, like, right. <laughs> but I'll say... I you shouldn't know. talk. At least I'm not calling everyone <laughs> Holmes anymore. Like, hey, Holmes, you know. No, I, I would say, you know, it sounds like you're going to need a higher level of care than I can provide. Right. So let me help you find the right the yeah. right fit for mm -hmm. you so that we can get you we can get you back and you know back to the life that you should right. be living you know and so i i I'm not like dude this isn't for you no i, <laughs> <laughs> I love that <laughs> so I only, I only talk to my friends that way let's <laughs> so now i mean obviously you don't take insurance it costs money because it, it it's specialized it's, yeah it's specialized and it costs you a lot of money to do it so uh, it's 24-hour, it, round-the-clock right. nursing care. And so it does it... With does all the it, bells um, and whistles. No, I know, but it does it, like, vary, or is it, like, a set rate? This is how much it is per day. Um, it, it varies. It varies upon, you know, what the individual's, individual's needs are, you know? So so it varies from person to person. But I'd rather not throw out my price list on, okay. on this podcast. Someone can go to my website, and if they're interested, they can call me, okay. and, and I'll talk to them about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it, yeah. you know, it, again, it's, this is, you know, you can go to Project Recovery and get that level of treatment. Yeah. This is for people that possibly... This is a higher level higher of care. Level of for, care yeah, right, usually, you know. I mean, I have helped Joe Blow, you know, plumber or, right, you know, yeah, whoever. Yeah. And, and it's, it's for people that um, are looking for something a little bit different, you yeah. know, and... Uh, and it and it isn't and it is a nice alternative to a crowded rehab. Is there a lot of places like that? I mean, do you know? Not in Santa Barbara. There's no one else doing it. But I mean, like in California or the United States. There's some people that do what I do, but they don't. They don't add the holistic component that I add oh, to it. Right. So I kind of have my own niche. Like I said, I took everything I'm passionate about and put it into a business. Yeah, which, yeah. how grateful am I? Not a lot of people get right. to do what they love. Okay. Granted, my work can be very difficult, but. You know, um, one thing I have is a good sense of humor and, right. and, and a lot of compassion and empathy for people. And, and you're really good at what you do. Thank you. You know, yeah, I Thank mean, you. I, you know, I know people and I've, I've worked with people that have, have gone through your deal. But I just think it's such a, uh, you know, it's something that's so needed in our community, in the world. And again, I mean that, you know, we're in this opiate crisis. And I was like... Well, wasn't it an opiate crisis when I was doing opiates? But I think there's more people, and there was, you know, we were doing that. We were hustling uh, pharmaceuticals and, you know, Dilaudids and, and cough medicine and, you know, codeine and Dordan. But I don't think it was at the level of what it is where doctors were pushing all of, like, the oxy. I, they didn't have Oxycontin when I was out there. And yeah, and, and they've, 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 they've brought the hammer down more on that. Right. But... Because of that, now now we have the heroin with the fentanyl in it oh, and accidental uh, overdoses and right. and it's it's really it's really heartbreaking and it's really sad because because I mean you remember what you were like when you were nineteen or twenty yeah. you were ten feet tall and bulletproof right, right? Right, right we just don't know what the human body can stand or or, or not yeah. withstand and even the weed is so much stronger oh, now yeah. than it was back when we were kids mm -hmm. you know. Um, I don't mind saying my age. I'm 50. Right. I just turned 50. Um, I don't. I don't care. I need to lie about my age. Um, so you know, it's just a different kind of deal. And and if somebody has like, because I get asked this question a lot, what do you think about legalized marriage? What do you think about? Yeah. You know, I mean, people ask me these questions all the time, and and I'm like, well, I will say that you don't see a lot of people smoking weed and beating up their wife or killing someone in vehicular right. manslaughter. Right. Okay, I'll, I'll say that. 
but it is a lot stronger and there's such a genetic component to things and I've seen this because I worked on the psych unit is that if somebody has a predisposed disposition to schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder in their family right. and they they start smoking weed in their developmental years, you know, it changes your brain chemistry right. and they can get drug-induced schizophrenia from smoking wow. weed. Even LSD, you know, I mean, they're going to be the person that takes LSD uh, 250 times and they're fine. You know, then there's that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Fine. I raise my hand. I, I don't know if I'm yeah. fine. <laughs> you are. You're able to carry on a conversation oh, with right, me and you're right. not hearing voices in your head, except for the one you recognize, which is your own. <laughs> but so, sidebar on that, LSD is kind of the. God, I hate but to someone say could this. take my, it once and then have No, a, but I mean, yeah. it's a good karma drug because I've taken LSD. I'm raising my hand again every day and it stops working after a couple of weeks. Now, see, I. Have I, you ever done that? No, I had so a couple of I'm like the guinea I, pig. I, full disclosure, I loved mushrooms and I right. loved ecstasy. And I, I did love to trip, but I had a couple bad trips on LSD. Yeah. And I think it's because I'd been drinking beforehand. You know, and I think that it's, you don't want to be drunk when you take right. that. Um, well, I mean, again, we weren't, exp you know, it wasn't about like, you know. And I wasn't well, it did. It, it opened the perception, the doors to perception of my. But getting back to like the opiate crisis thing that's happening and and changing brain chemistry and all of that is that I think that there's just more, there's more people on the earth than there was when I was getting loaded. I mean, there's 8 billion people, I think, on the earth. And, you know, we have close to 400,000, you know, 400 million people in the United States, which is insane. And they're saying like, like 10% of those people, you know, so that's a lot of fucking people to be afflicted by drug addiction and alcoholism. And then now, like sprinkle it with fentanyl and an opiate crisis and all of this, it's just gnarly. You what know? do you think is one of the root things of why it's it's gotten so bad? What do you think is one of the things? Well, like I said, I think there's more people, but I think it's society, you know, the norms and pressures of society, stress, stress the, yeah, all of that. What yeah. would it look like if we had, like, I mean, in a perfect world, if we had a medical society that was about prevention? Right that was about prevention right. and education. Yeah. You know, what would that really look like yeah. and, and be like, you know, because we don't have that in place right now. Right. Well, and if we don't demonize or criminalize it, you know, and, and, and stigmatize the, you know, like putting people, like, you know, when I, I created a jail program and-, and I 80, went, I, I Dave, know you were right. Dave, it's a recipient. Thank you for STP. <laughs> You're welcome. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm was, a miracle as well. Oh if it God. wasn't for STP and drug court, yeah. you know, I never would have, you know, inst I don't know if you want, if the listeners know about this, that, right. that Santa Barbara is such a rich community. I love it here because we have so many programs for people that have mental health disorders, that have addiction problems, and we offer, you know, drug court. It's right. Prop 36 now, I think. And yeah. I went through it myself, and it was 18 months of this intensive program that when you go through it, at the end of it, you don't have any felonies. And I right. wouldn't be sitting here as a nurse. Right, right. I wouldn't have been able to work in a perinatal program exactly. with drug-addicted moms. Mm -hmm. You know, what a nice option to have treatment in lieu of incarceration. That's right. how it should be across that's the board. What, that's where the point I, I mean, was making. I mean, if I had the money, I would advocate for that. Well, 80%, state, you know, 8 out of 10 people that were in jail, and I know this because when I was in jail, in prison, but 8 out of 10 people, 80% of the people incarcerated ha are, are there because of drug and alcohol problems. Mm -hmm. You know, or drug and alcohol issues, whether it be burglary, prostitution, domestic violence, um, you know, sales, whatever. I mean, directly and indirectly. You know, like... A burglary, you would think, well, that's not a drug and alcohol issue. Well, yeah, they're stealing money to, you know, they're burglarizing houses to get money to buy dope. So I am so, I, I so agree with you. I think that instead of incarcerating people or at least have programs like I created in the jail and make it a, like a condition that like you do this. Or separate. Right. It's separate. Because people right. that want recovery, people that want to stay sober, they're in a separate right. type of situation where there isn't the drugs and stuff. There isn't that temptation. Yeah. And then they're going to the meetings and someone's coming in and talking to them. And Well, you know, I read, this, uh, I, I read this research paper when I was working there, and I was like, what's the difference or what's the statistical difference uh, number or I don't even know what I'm trying to say is that people that are you know like um, forced to go into treatment in, in prison or, or just forced to go into treatment and people that volunteer you know just come into treatment because they want to what's the different success rate 
And it was exactly the same. Because someone might volunteer and go, oh, fuck, I have to do work? I'm not, I don't want to do work. I just want you to get me clean. You know, I came in here. Then the other part of it, you know, and this is long term, like they get out and they get loaded again. And then someone that comes in kicking and screaming hears something that turns them around and goes, oh, fuck, yeah, right? You know, I, I have to say um, that there was also some statistic done on people that do H&I. Right. They go into hospitals and institutions that they stay sober over a five-year period oh, wow. longer than people that don't do H and I. Wow. And I can't even count how many times I've heard a speaker say that where they first heard the message was when they were in rehab or right. in jail. Right. You know, so it's like people indirectly don't even know that they could be they could be saving someone's life just by telling their story. Well, and I mean, I always have to give a shout out to H and I because that's what where I went. You know, I mean, when I got sober. I had a year to go on my sentence, mm-hmm. you know? And so, oh my God, another sidebar, because I'm ADD, but <laughs> when I got sober in prison, I had a year to go, and a guy that was my sponsor, Pete O'Brien, he doesn't mind me saying his name, he came up, this is the squarest guy, I don't think he ever smoked weed, he came up every two weeks and took me through the steps, right? Um, and I kind of lost touch with him. I mean, obviously, it's been 30 years, a lot of times. I, I knew, you know, we had stayed, to, you know, in touch for the, probably the first 10 years. Somehow, he heard from someone that I was, you know, he knew I was in Santa Barbara, that I was involved with this club, that I was mm-hmm. the president of the club, right? And so I just got this fucking letter that would blow your mind from him, and he put his 30-year medallion, his 30-year medallion, in the letter and gave it to me. Oh, wow. Is that fucking awesome? That's so awesome. I know. That's so awesome. I love it. So, just to recap on your thing, and and how do you feel? Are we we doing good? I can't even see the clock. No, we're doing well. What time is it? Doing well. We've been doing this. 20 till. Okay. 20 till 8. So, just recap on, uh, on what. You know, so people know if they want to get in touch with you okay. or, you know, like kind sure. of what the treatment is and, and, you know, just encapsulate what that is and where they can find you online or wherever. Yeah. So my website is personalizedrecovery.com and uh, you can find me online. Um, you can find me on Instagram, a path to recovery. Oh, okay. Yeah. On Twitter and Insta- Instagram is personalizedrecovery.com and Twitter is path to recovery. Do you, you have Facebook? On Twitter. I'm on Facebook as well. Personalized recovery, Michelle right. Davis. So, um, yeah. And so an someone can come there and you can interview them and it could be the right fit and they can get good food. Yeah. Or they can call me. They, they can, can call get me. detoxed. They can call me at, uh, 805. Four five one five 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 eight, and awesome. I will get back with you usually within right. um, a couple hours. So great! It's so needed. Every part of this, you know, everyone doesn't have to, you know. And the thing is, it's like you know, people that aren't alcoholics now, they really need to fucking suffer to get this. Like, <laughs> dude, I've suffered. I suffered. I've kicked, <laughs> I've kicked dope on the <laughs> on the fucking concrete floor of a county jail. With throwing up bile and diarrhea. At the same and, time. You know, everything the worst. <laughs> and being in fights when you're shitting in your pants. And I still used. <laughs> that, right? You so got me beat there. because I, uh, I yeah. suffered. And it didn't work. You, you don't have to fucking suffer. You don't have suffer, to suffer. Right? You suffer already enough as it is. I, I make it as comfortable as possible. I love that. You know, and and uh, and I want I want the process to be something that that they remember is not is not the most enjoyable thing. But I'm not into making people suffer. I'm into alleviating pain. I think they have and then to. showing people like a, a new way of living. Right. You know, a new way of living that, you know, you can be happy. You know what. Your life can be better than you ever imagined it right. can be. You know, I, I travel, you know, and scuba dive. I love to dive. It's perfect for a tripper like me. Yeah. I love to be underwater. and uh, Slow down. I love it. Yeah. I love it. You know, I have a really rich life. I have rich friends. It's mm-hmm. better than I ever thought it could be. You know, and it just keeps getting better. And we year. can go through things. Yeah. And come out the other. I mean, how cool is it to travel and not have to worry about right. bringing your dope or if you're going to get right. sick or right. whatever? I mean, I know some of your listeners are going to be able to relate to that. But you and I know, you know, you and I can relate. I mean, we went through some pretty gnarly things. I mean, we went through, both of us went through divorce, you know, recently, you know, me and 
the last five years, you and pretty recent. Yeah, I want, I want your listeners to know that when I was first going through it, Dave, Dave said to me, you know, it's going to take about three years. And I looked at him and I said, I thought it was your friend. You're supposed to lie to me. Tell me it's going to take six months. I know. You know why? Because yeah. some girl said that to me and she's like, oh, my God, this is going to be a lot. I was like, who the fuck <laughs> says that? I'm like, I'm ready for this to be over now. But the point being is that we can get through stuff. We don't go through stuff alone. Right. We don't go through stuff alone. And that's, that's what recovery is really right. like. I mean, I feel like we have an edge on life. Yeah. I feel like normal people, you know, they don't have this edge on life like we do. We have an mm. edge on life, you know. I mean, we, we know how to be accountable. And, and I can tell you going through all the pain of, of, of you know, I'm sure you, you, know, you have a daughter, which I don't have kids right. that weren't involved in my process of what I went through with somebody. But, but I will tell you that the secret is to take the high road and you don't have to do it alone and, and you get through it. And Pays off. And yeah, like, you know, I mean, it's not always going to be unicorns and rainbows, right. but that's just life. Yeah. That's just right. life. And any situation I've gone through that I've gone through in recovery and I've chosen not to get loaded over it, right. there's always been some kind of amazing thing on the other side of the door that I was supposed to learn. Right. That's my perception. That's my shift. That's my hit the pause button. Right. What am I supposed to learn from this? And we learn from pain, and but we learn from joy, too. Right? We do. We learn from joy as well. Okay. You ready for the fire round? Oh, God. Here we go. Okay. And, you know, I just want to say before we do this is, like, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having I me. I love you. You're an amazing, you're, you're providing an amazing service for our community and the world. And, and uh, it's just so nice to hang out with you and, and chat. Thanks, Dave. This was fun, It right? was fun. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Okay, so number one. You ready? Okay, bring it. What is the first word that comes to your mind when I say spirituality? Love. Love. Awesome. Yeah. Um, if you could get anything today, what would that be? Equanimity. If you could give anything today, what would that be? Unconditional love to the whole world. It right. sounds so cheesy. No, I know. <laughs> I but just want everyone to get along. <laughs> Please. Um, what do you know for sure? Uh, as long as, as, as I stay sober and do this recovery deal, my life is going to continue to get better and that I was put on this planet to be an instrument of healing and I want to continue to do so and watch it manifest. That's fucking awesome. Thank you again. Thank you. All right. Thanks. I'd like to thank all the people that are involved in making this happen. Gerald Jones for producing and engineering this podcast. He's absolutely brilliant. Follow him on Instagram at Sonia HTML. His music is amazing. Maya Grace for her hair and makeup. I know what you're saying. This is a podcast. Why do you have hair and makeup? We just want to look awesome for each other. See you next time.